This week, Three Sides of the Coin, Justin Reich, the video director for Ace Fraley's Fire and Water. We get the stories behind making that video. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. We'll have a third side joining us for the featured guest a bit later. Mm -hmm. He had had to jump from the show, so he's not here as we record the beginning of the show. What are you talking about? It's always you and I. Ed. The mysterious Ed Ed who never does anything anyway, so I don't know why we need him here at the beginning. (laughs) It's the guy who reads comments, right? Sometimes. Sometimes, um, what? So I, I don't have any comments in front of me, but uh, you know we've been getting we got a lot of great comments. What was last week's show? Was the Dennis DeYoung show? Or no, what? last week was Charlie. Charlie, Charlie Benante. Yes, that was the game. A lot of people are loving the game. Um, lots of fun to play along with. Pick three songs to remove and. Pick three songs to add to Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive 2. Very fun discussion with Charlie. I apologize. We had a screw-up on on the audio upload on Monday. Um, Don't know what happened. It uploaded the wrong file, but it got fixed and re-uploaded. So if you want to listen to the audio, you can now find it. There's probably two versions of it, but listen to the second version on Spotify or iTunes, and you'll be cool. Um... Let's see. Oh, we should do a quick shout out. Today we're recording this. It's somebody's birthday. It is. Matter of fact, uh, Mr. Eric Singer's birthday today. And uh, we had a little um, quick email, not your text exchange earlier today. I sent him something. I sent him something for his birthday, which I'll I'll tell you off. It was pretty funny. Um, He he got a kick out of so. But uh, yeah, so happy birthday to Eric. Yeah. He's what? Twenty five now? Yeah, yeah. Shit, he fucking looks way younger than I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's fucking seven years older than me. So Um and uh real quick, just wanna remind everybody you gotta check out Left for Dead, Mark's band. Thank you. Press releases have gone out this week. We're starting to get some press for the band. We've got a video premiere. We're arranging that we'll have details on probably next week. Um, but you can pre-order it. Just go for go to Left for Dead Detroit on Facebook, and you'll find all the links you need to pre-order it right now. Yes, it's, uh, it's a very exciting time right now in the Left for Dead world. And again, thank you to everybody who's reached out. I've been getting a ton of uh, IMs and stuff. So I'm glad you guys like it. Again, you know, if you like ACDC and KISS and Aerosmith and Judas Priest, and we wear our influences on our sleeve. They're not hard to pick out. It's uh, pretty genuine stuff. So, yep. So far, so good. Yep. So uh, this week we've got a special guest, and he's talking about something that goes back. We discovered four years. Man, it's been that long. Um, We have Justin Reich the video director of Ace Fraley's Fire and Water. And 
That was done four years ago. We had Jay Gilbert on talking about being there that day, but Justin directed it, and he got he's got some cool stories of being there and making it happen, and more to me, more so. What were Ace and Paul like when they first met there? How did they act during the day? How easy were they to work with? It's a pretty cool, you know, if you're into some behind-the-scenes stuff, um, this is a cool the little interview. stuff, too. The technical stuff, technical too. Technical stuff. And the camera. The, the gear he used and, and, and how he put it all together. It's a very cool, yeah, some, fun little some, interview. Some other guy joined us. Didn't he? Some guy, he asked some questions, yeah, too. Yeah, he just joins for the fun stuff and then leaves and lets us do all the cleanup work. Someone does the heavy lifting so he can go play. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, let it roll. Justin Reich talking about Ace Fraley's Fire and Water video. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and Shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Ace Braley. Boston. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Well, how long has it been? Too many years. Think we got it? We still got it. Let's do it. Let's rock it out. Let this go. 
So three sides, listeners and viewers. There goes Mark. On great on cue there, Mark just gets up and leaves. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I was ready on time this time. Apologize. Hey, you know, forget about Mark or as he's gonna be known today as Bob. <laughs> um, we are joined by Justin Reich and Justin Thank you, Justin. Justin that's, that's is, oh, by the way. is the video director of Ace Fraley's Fire and Ice. No, Fire and Water. Fire and Water. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm already I'm close already, enough. I'm creamed for that. Yeah, you know, Fire and Ice, it's just melted ice. Fire and melted ice. That was actually <laughs> a deep purple uh, Um. <laughs> yeah, so how many years ago did that come out? Was that... Three? Oh gosh, I think it was um, 2018. Yeah. Now three, yeah, two, three years possibly. Two, yeah. two, two plus years. Yeah. Um, we, you know, back at that time, we had a great little episode with Jay Gilbert, who was the photographer on site that day, who was taking oh, nice. photos of the whole thing. So he was sharing his views of watching it happen. But today we get to hear from the man who made it happen. Yeah, it was. Oh my goodness! I was looking at it. It was 2016. Four that years. That, that yeah. was. That was four years ago. Wow, man! Time wow. to fly. That is kind sure. of like, holy smokes. That happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. Uh, yeah, it literally happened fast. Um, I don't know. Like, if if you guys want the uh, the rundown of, oh, yeah. of kind of how please, I let's, came let's, to. Let's, yeah, let's, please tell us all of it. Yeah, give us it, the whole yeah. story. Yeah, so I do a lot of work with Entertainment One. They are a record label based out of New York, and one of the uh, their bigger clients was is Zach Wild, and so I do a lot of work with Zach. I do um, a lot of his uh, live photography, promo photography, and I also direct a lot of his music videos. I was actually before just to kind of brush myself up on everything <laughs> that I've done for him. I mean, we're looking at. I don't know. Zach, Zach is just an amazing human being, and he's also very loyal, and he's kind of a if-it-ain't-broke-don't-fix-it type of guy. And once he finds somebody that he likes, he just is like, well, cool. I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's just been wonderful for me. And um, so, oh, my gosh, I think 13, 14, 15 videos we're looking at now wow. um, that, that I've done for him since 20, uh, 2013, 2014. So – so yeah, um, obviously doing those that many music videos for Zach, uh, I've gotten in had a, built a good rapport with all the awesome folks over at Entertainment One, uh, Steve Seabury. Uh, so Steve contacted me, and and this it's just funny because this happened on April Fool's Day. And first, I'm thinking that he's pulling my leg. I'm thinking that okay, yeah, very funny, Steve. Haha, because he calls me. And it's like, I need, like, do you think that you could shoot a music video for Ace Freely and Paul Stanley uh, in, I think it was like in four days. And I said, sure. You know, and he, and he says to me, well, you, you live in L.A., right? And I do not live in L.A. I live in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, I uh, am very far away from L.A. And he's like, oh, it's just, you know, you live in L.A., you can just go right down the road and shoot it, right? And I didn't want to say no. 
and risk um, losing the project. So I lied through myself. Yeah, sure. No problem at all. You know, I'll do it. <laughs> and he uh, and he's like, well, yeah, we have a very limited window for both of these guys to be able to get together to do this music video. Um, uh, Paul had another commitment and Ace had to jump on a plane to start a tour. So it was it was literally one day. So we're trying to figure out everything and put everything together. And um, I get the budget and clearly I had to spend all of the money to get my crew out to L.A. So literally I made like hardly anything on this whatsoever, but I didn't care. I mean, just just the opportunity to be able to work with such rock the hall of fame heavyweight such as these guys and to be there when their first meeting for the i think it was for the first time in 20 years i mean give me a break you know i mean yeah. come on so yeah. and it's someone like me like I, I know my limitations like i'm very much a uh you know a, i may be like a budding director you know i'm i'm i haven't been doing this for decades like so many much more accomplished directors and so i see this as sort of an opportunity that someone's kind of giving me and and i definitely wanted to take it so i'm able to get everybody together and we fly out and it's literally flying by the seat of our pants i mean everything happened in like the 11th and three quarter hour of everything like finding the roxy and getting Steve is working with me over at E1 and we're getting backline rentals and we're trying to make sure that even things down to like making sure the writer is correct because Paul has his group of people had a writer and everything like that. And um, I'm, we're just trying to make sure that everything is right because it's almost like the video itself was secondary. What the number one most important thing was, was creating an environment that was um, calm and conducive and uh, fertile for these guys seeing each other for the first time. You know, I, 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 I would not have heard the end of it if I had running a complete shit show and these guys, um, and it that's the first time they meet, and then that just exacerbates the situation. And like, I'm not going to talk to you again for another right. three years or whatever. We can blame <laughs> you, know? Justin. <laughs> oh, I remember one of the guys in uh, one of Paul's guys, he comes up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he, um, and he just says, you're the director, right? I was like, yeah, that, that's me. Yeah, I'm going to do the best I can. He was like, oh, well, I hope so. Uh, yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> I don't even know who the guy was. I have no idea. But um, um, yeah. Before you go any further, though, I'm curious. I have a question. Sure. When you say get your crew out to this shoot, mm -hmm. do you always – well, several. This is a multi-question. A, do you always use the same folks because you know who you're getting? And secondly, do you ever use any of your own gear or are you renting all of the video gear – and lighting just like you're renting your back line yeah yeah uh, good that's a good question with um my crew with this one since then i've been able to meet a lot of really amazing cinematographers and people out in la um but when this happened four years ago i was still pretty new with having a a, a, um, a network of people that i could rely on and call upon and so but i did know some highly accomplished people in my own backyard that I knew, okay, well, this is so last minute. I'm very nervous about just hiring somebody out of the blue. Um, I would rather take the pay cut and lose. I don't even care about that. I would just know that there's people there who I can trust and people who are going right. to uh, do the job. So 
we had Brett Mullen was the cinematographer. Uh, Matt Moore, Matthew B. Moore was the gaffer. And Matt used to be a film instructor. So one of his students, uh, I think, was like one of the uh, grips or best boy or something like that. On It was still a very skeleton crew of people. Uh, I mean, we tried to get as many people as we could. Um, actually, a fun story. There was... Um, I'll never forget his name. His name was Victor Pantsarev. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. But he um, came recommended by somebody we had out there, and he was going to be the jib operator. And I will tell you, 80% of that entire video is all his stuff. It's all of his jib work. It was literally myself and the cinematographer at Video Village just watching him work. And we we just kind of told him what shots we wanted and everything, and we just did take after take after take. And he just maneuvered the jib himself and would do it and it, it was funny because when he showed up he said that well people call me one shot and i was like oh because you know well because you get every sh- take in one shot okay ha, ha yeah well, that's that's yeah. funny okay and no he he lived up to his name he he made his he he earned his money that day for sure so i always love to give credit to him because uh i, I haven't met him or seen him again since he just rolled up in his car and just Pulled out a jib, built it, put our camera on it. We filmed everything, and then he was gone. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, and can you can you clarify for a lot of our listeners right now? I'd love for you to explain what a jib is, and also tell them what the difference between a key grip is, a best boy, and a grip. Just give some just quick little rundown of what the different jobs are on a video shoot. Well, I I don't think that he was a. Um, a best Buy. I, th- I think Jacques was just a key grip for this. So anyway, to, to describe it, um, a jib is, it looks like a miniature crane, so to speak. So the camera sits on the end of the jib and it just allows for very large vertical movements. You'll see in a lot of films where um, the camera will pull back or pull out and you get these really large shots. I mean, sometimes you might be able to get it with a drone, but most of the time it's a uh, it's done with the jib, so uh, they they allow if you if you watch the uh, the fire and water video, there's there's a lot of sweeping shots where the camera starts up high and you get these sweeping shots across the drums or across um, Paul or Ace or <clears throat> things like that. So that's what a jib is. A uh, someone's someone's manually doing it from behind, right? They're holding on to the to the arm for the lack of a better term and moving it and bringing it in and out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a large, basically it's a large truss you know, for lack of yeah. that. Ha- and then the fulcrum is more or less towards the, the back and you just sort of had this, uh, um, uh, this sort of uh, seesaw kind of type deal. I'm, I'm not describing it well, but... Um, yeah. so, well, no, just, but people see it a lot at festivals because they use those absolutely. When, they're, when, they're yep. pl- when they're filming the live shows at festivals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lots of Now them. you guys will know, hey, that's a jib. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so Victor was running the uh, the jib, and so the cinematographer is more his job is the the photographic image of, of the moving picture. So he's in of um, it, it depends it depends from shoot to shoot. There's some DPs or a DP is also a director of photography. So there's this argument between well, what are are there differences between a DP and a cinematographer? And I kind of use them interchangeably, but. Um, I guess for all intents and purposes, we can just call him a cinematographer for this. But he is in charge of um, the look of the picture. And 
him and I worked, his name was Brett Mullen. And so him and I worked in tandem to just get the, the look of the image working with the lighting designer, the LD who was in-house at the Roxy, which is where we filmed to use all the stage lights. And then the gaffer is more on the technical end of things. So the cinematographer will be like, well, okay, I want this to look a certain way. And then the gaffer will be the one who technically works with the grips and the grips literally they are grip and they, they grip up and they pick it up and they move it. And that's their job. So a grip will be in charge of um, moving lights, moving track or, anything you know stands things of that nature so uh, this wasn't a union shoot this was a non-union shoot so um we didn't have any like really strict rules that we had to go by but still we try and follow everything to union guidelines just because they keep people safe and um and what else am i missing so we talked about the cinematographer we talked about the grip uh talked about the dp and what about um, essentially in your you're kind of like the ringmaster of all the people Right. I'm in charge of um, basically making sure that we make our day, our shot list. Uh, there's also uh, we had a, a first AD, which is the first assistant director, which is in charge of making call sheets and sending out emails to people so they know when to arrive. Uh, basically doing all the coordination of all the personnel to make sure that they <clears throat> show up and that they're on set um, on time. And uh, and then also making sure that we make our day so that we don't run uh over time because with a shoot like this we had six hours to do the entire music video shoot that was it that's like such a short that goes so so you had six hours of ace and paul's time there right is that what you're saying exactly yeah it was a 12 hour day total so we were allowed to we had to load in get all of our equipment in get all of the back line set up get everything ready get the drums set up um, um, we had, uh, SIR rentals provided everything for us for the, uh, for the back line and for the, the, the drums. And then we did some quick camera tests. And then by the time we knew it, uh, Paul just was walking through the door and then Ace, well, Ace got there first and then Paul arrived. And then, yeah, it was like, and it's always kind of interesting for me just because when you always are trying to figure out people's personalities and how they are and because you as a director you kind of have to be a little assertive and and talk to them and and being that we had not had a lot of things like this you can you talk to people beforehand you have meetings beforehand you get a chance to meet them you get a chance to sit down or talk to them over the phone or this or that like this was I didn't talk to either of these guys, so I have never met them in my entire life. I don't know what they're like other than what I see. But, um, but you've, you've talked to their, quote, people, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but talking with someone's people and then talking with that person. Oh, no, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, you know, the, you know the, the performer can walk in and have just a completely different attitude, even though you've, you know— crossed all the t's and dotted all the i's per the plan and the rider and everything else they still might not be a happy person in general right and they were amazing like i it was such a relief you know it's just such because um i'm very much old school in the fact where i will call someone mr whatever until they tell me not to or they tell me to you know you just just call me 
you know, Paul or whatever. And so, you know, that's I, the way I, to do it though. Yeah. And so awesome. I'm, yeah. So I'm there, you know, Mr. Stanley, this, and, and he, and he turns around real quick. He puts his hand up. And he's like, just, just Paul, man, it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, all right, good. We're, 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 we're cool there. And he, and they were great. The whole shoot. It was, it was completely, I mean, it was absolute chaos. Not to say chaos, but it was absolute stress leading up to it because we're trying to get all of this put together in in record time trying to find i mean when i got this job we didn't have a venue yet i mean the roxy came through the day before the shoot we had basically everything else like i was literally on a plane flying out before we even had the roxy nailed down (laughs) so um that's and, how last and, and, and you were responsible for getting the venue. I mean, that, that wasn't something the record label was doing. No, the they, did. they did. They did, thankfully. They, okay. Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, the record label was able to get the venue because I'm having to get crew. Uh, I'm having to get permits. I'm having to uh, talk with my team and make sure that we can talk with the city so we can get a tie-in <laughs> to the power line because we're using, you know, bigger lights that would blow the circuit breakers at the Roxy. And so we have to tie in to the actual power and have that fed into um, the, uh, the venue. And then, yeah, working with um, all of the crew and making sure that uh, everyone is happy and also dealing with the, because I'm also sort of playing the role of producer here. We have to, make sure that everything from the rental house is coming in and then making sure that all of the insurance, you know, just all of the things that, that, that go into a production like this, but doing it in less than five days, which was, which was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was like a giant fire drill, but it was fun. So how many years do you think you have to do? I mean, this is probably the wrong way to say it. I'm curious because maybe there's somebody who's watching this show. That's inspiring director who wants to make film or they want to make rock videos or whatever it might be how long do you think it took you before you started to feel comfortable that you knew to make sure that all of these boxes were checked um to to be honest um i never when when i first started i never had any comfort whatsoever i i I would never, I would always feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes, you know, I would, it's one of those things where I would take on a project and then I would have to figure out how to make it happen as it was happening sometimes. Not to say that I went into this entire project with no experience because I had enough under my belt, at least to know how all the nuts and bolts worked and this and that. But, um, but sometimes it's just, uh, you sort of do have to dive in and just start swimming and and just okay. kick, kick your feet and but but don't do it with reckless abandon. I mean, take take a calculated risk. Uh, don't be stupid about it. But these things are very hard because I've been asked this question a few times. It's like, when's the right time to do this and that? And it's it's really just uh, always applying yourself and always trying to learn and and sometimes just. The, the best teacher, the best motive, the best motivator is it's just being in the situation and having to figure things out on the fly. You see some, some of my favorite movies um, of all time, uh, they were figuring it out. I mean, Star Wars is, is a classic example of this. I mean, talk about a movie that was they were just figuring that out as they went. So 
Um, so yeah, I think it's you just have to be open, and I'll, I will say being open to other people's feedback and knowing who to listen to and knowing um, uh, when to uh, take someone's advice and and to kind of have that level of humility to be like, okay, well. There's something that I don't know here. Who can I bring on that's going to educate me? Like I, I never want to be the smartest person in the room because right. uh, I, I want to be surrounded by people who are going to add to the production in some way to 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 make it better. And um, yeah, as long so, as long as you come across as a professional, I think that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Well, what, what's the old saying? Fake it till you make it. Fake it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. And, you know, and it's also take the time to always keep learning as well. Yes. I think some some people, they fake it too much where they just sort of like, well, I'm just going to keep pretending to be this. Person. Yeah, exactly. Ten, ten years later, they're still faking it. And you're like, you should have learned yeah. something by now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's very much a tightrope you have to walk when it comes to that. And, and I I'm still. Uh, I always want to keep learning and I always want to keep um, traveling in you know a positive direction and sort of see what happens but Justin so so prior to the day of because there's a lot we want to get into there mm -hmm. who was giving was were you given any conceptual direction by the label by ace by anybody who said, this is what we are going to do, or was it sort of like we want you to come up and pitch us with an idea that you think would be great, understanding this is the budget? It actually, it's funny because it was so last minute that we really didn't have time to even think about a concept. There wasn't any, it was quite literally, I get the call from Steve and he says, well, do you want to do this video? I'm like, absolutely. And then we just sort of hit the ground running. And I didn't. It was just like, well, we're just going to film a live show. And I, and up to this point, I had done, when it comes to smaller bands and indie bands and things like that, I mean, I've shot several hundred music videos up to this point. So I just sort of was like, well, the most important part of this video, obviously, is Paul Stanley and Ace Freely. And it doesn't need a lot of fluff. And we don't really have time to even add any kind of creative concept or anything. The, the key component here is Paul and Ace haven't been on stage together in over 20 years. And so we just, we're just going to put them on stage together and we're going to let them rock out. And then we're going to add little vignettes just to be able to um, spice up the edit a little bit. Just so as it isn't just the band on stage for, uh, even though I'm sure that there'd be plenty of KISS fans who would have been just completely happy with that and there wouldn't have been anything wrong with it. But we just wanted to add a little bit into it. So we did the small yeah. vignette. So we have uh, – um, there's a little hallway um, in uh, in the Roxy, and we sort of stuck Ace in that and added a, a little bit of lighting design and things like that and then did the uh, um, the, 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 the vignette of Paul in front of the – the Roxy R that you see behind him and he's sort of doing his stuff um, with his microphone and singing. And that was really it. it. It just really went down to basic coverage. We just, we were just like, well, we just need to get basic coverage. And if there's anything else we want to do after the fact, we'll do it. We'll do some sort of maybe some photo montage thing in post, but it never came to that because it seemed like it was being um, sort of added in. It wasn't necessary. So yeah, what you see is, 
what we shot on the day. And the only thing that I added in post was I added a little bit of um, lens flare <laughs> to uh, uh, to Ace's um, uh, flaming pickup, which was it still was badass in itself. But the well, it's uh, a great video. It really is. And the songs I, songs are excellent. Yeah, it it was just really cool i mean it just sort of coalesced and came together and everything was pretty much done in one take uh, the hallway scene uh paul's uh vignette and then we got everything on the stage and then once we were done we were done and uh and then they were out of there just as soon as they finished so. did you get any um advance notice from from either aces team or paul's team about here's a few things you're, you you want to make sure you're doing you have here this is what he likes this is what he doesn't like whether it's the type of lighting whether it's the type of can i don't know i mean were there any 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 requirements that were given to you in advance no no there were there weren't really any the only requirements were just um it was they were things that i don't even think they truly came from the artists for this video, they were just sort of there as just kind of the boilerplate requirements for anything. Like if they show up anywhere and do a meet and greet, or if they do a show or do this or that, they always have their writer that right. comes with them. Yeah. So I think just as sort of standard practice that was sent to us, just to sort of have these things available. So we did make sure that creature comforts and things that they needed were there. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It was like no, football helmets filled with brown m and ms you know it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't anything crazy like that so um it so we sent the pas out and they bought everything that we needed and then um when they arrived it was well go, going back to what, what you're saying yeah no there, there wasn't anything specific from the uh from their camps whatsoever and even in the editing process um uh because i was on email with paul and he, he said that, yeah, there are a couple things that I might change here and there, but I'm not going to sweat it. I mean, it looks good and it's, you know, you guys totally do your thing. And, and that was that. So yeah, he was he was very relaxed about the entire thing and just just awesome guy to work with. Now, I, now was, were, awesome. were, were you able to truly capture the first moment of Paul walking in and meeting Ace? Uh, no, the only place that that lives is, is in my brain. Cause I was the only one that saw it. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of weird. It was one of those moments where I, uh, I wish that I would have had a camera, but then I was also apprehensive because I didn't want to intrude and I right. didn't want to, um, I, I just wanted that moment to be real for them because my, some of my crew was like, you should go up there and like, do a little camera or something like that. And I was like, no, I, I people might hate me for that, but I, I, I just kind of wanted that to be for those guys. And I didn't want to start off to shoot their first meeting, me shoving a camera in their face yeah. and, and you played it the right way. Thing. So I just let them do their thing. And, and it was just, they just kind of came in. It, it really wasn't too dissimilar from how the video starts. They just came in and gave a hug and were very, uh, you know, cordial to each other and very respectable. And, and they just sort of hung out and then they were talking and then I kind of walked away and just sort of them and their people, they sort of hung out and 
and did their thing. And, um, you know, and I wasn't the only one there. I mean, there were like there, uh, I think Paul had a couple of his, uh, people with him and, and Ace had, um, his assistant with him as well, plus a couple of other people. And, uh, yeah, that was basically that. And it was, it was definitely a cool moment. It, it was, a honestly, it was a bucket list that, you know, things happen in your life that, you know, everybody has their bucket list moments and that wasn't really one. Cause I didn't even think that. Couldn't you know, imagine, you couldn't imagine that being an item. that Right. Would be on so a it, it, it was, it was a, it was a very cool thing to, to add to the, uh, the unintentional bucket list of that, that is, you know, that now, I now you know, KISS fans are notorious for figuring out what the band and band members are doing. Did you have to contend with any KISS fans realizing this was going to be happening here that day that we're hanging out? No, it happened so fast that I don't think word had enough time to get out for people to even know that we were doing it until it was over. I think people started getting wind of it by the end of the shoot, but we had um, we had security and we had people watching the parking lots and we had everything roped off and you couldn't get in there, but still, I, nobody knew. Uh, I remember when we were shooting the scene where uh, Paul and Ace are outside. Um, you you had you, you just had people walking down the street, and then they would stop, and they would just kind of look, and they'd be like, "No," and then they would just kind of keep going, but they would just keep looking, being like, "Wait, really?" <laughs> and so there there wasn't. Um, just to, due to the nature of the shoot and just how quickly it came together, nobody. Well, I think we might have at the end had a couple. I saw a couple of uh, Kiss shirts showing up, and um, and they were definitely there and just sort of looking around and hoping that they could maybe catch a glimpse of everything. But by that time, we were done and we were wrapping out, and and, um, and that was it. So, um, yeah, definitely. Now, 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 you said that you had you had ace and paul for six hours which is not a lot of time no no not at all uh and that was the uh definitely a stressful part of the shoot just because it leaves no room for error um if uh camera breaks or if something short circuits or if we lose power or um any multitude of you know terrible things that you don't even want to think about that could happen on a shoot. But I was confident in the crew and the people who we had on board and everyone's professionalism and their ability to deliver under pressure. And with me coming from a world of working with indie bands and smaller local bands and just, I'm very used to having to pull things together with shoestring and bubble gum and duct tape, so to speak. Not, not like we were having to really truly do that with this, but that kind of environment, um, will, uh, train you to, <laughs> to have to really, uh, work on the spot. And a lot of my, um, peers and colleagues in the music video world who have, um, come up that way and they didn't go to, like, I didn't go to film school. And so that you just have to, um, learn how to do more with less but that's interesting that you're able to do something that's but that's interesting that you say that you never did attend film school so here's another example of someone who is 
doing work, getting paid, and is part of the industry and did not go to school. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but if people take different paths in life to get to where they're going. Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you um, have a comfort level with a certain amount of extra things when you're there, meaning like, I know you'll have extra batteries and cables and all of that, but do you typically rent or bring extra cameras? Because I'm, I do photography as well. And oh, nice. mm-hmm. every once in a while, just something happens. You're like, good Lord, what is going on? And it just, it, the camera malfunctions. Oh, sure. We, um, it's, it was interesting. We were using at the time. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, there was a, and I'll be happy to name drop them because they're a fantastic company. They're called Brainbox Cameras, and they're out of LA. And we rented all of our camera um, gear from them. And then when it came down to the the grip and electric and the lighting, we used some company out there. I, I can't remember their name at all but 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 they basically take care of that and make sure you have extras of what you you need to basically be a fail safe under any circumstance sure and well to to a point but at at the end of the day um we only had one camera we had one we had one red uh, i think it was like the red scarlet weapon or i'm probably i can't remember which red we were using come to think of it but at the time i remembered that it was brand spanking new and uh my cinematographer he had actually ordered one and it hadn't come in yet so we um rented one out there and so that was his first time being able to use it i mean he had used plenty of red cameras before but this was uh one of the um one of the new ones uh so and like like very new like i think the camera that we rented this was maybe the third or fourth thing that that camera had ever filmed maybe <laughs> so if, if, if not like the first or second so so that's one way to break in a camera i guess right so yeah. uh, uh the uh uh yeah it w- those you know, factors definitely would pop into your head but you have no control over it so you just sort of have to uh um Except to not think about it. You know, Ace is is known for being a a tech head, a gear head. He loves his electronic toys. Was he, um, did he show any interest in your equipment and your gear? No, I think that his number one interest was just focusing on him and Paul's meeting. And I think that definitely was um, taking up all of his his headspace at the moment and just... um, um yeah i i really didn't hear much more anything from him honestly like they pretty much stayed in the green room and talked and uh that was that really he yeah when it came down to camera gear or anything else he was he was pretty pretty absent as he should have been because he was um he had other things he had other things to focus on um can you compare and discuss the difference between directing Ace and directing Paul? Um, when it, one thing that I've learned when it comes to guys like this is it's, you, it's a very, you're very light handed. Like you, you don't go in and try to force them into your mold because they have their own 
mold. They have their own image and they're going to know their image and how they want to come across better than you do. Especially somebody like me, who's a young director. I'm not going to come in with any kind of ego and be like, you got to do this and you got to do that. I just want them to, especially with something like this, where they are, you truly want them to be themselves. Uh, it's, it's just making sure that everything is good beforehand. I've always believed that what makes a good director, a good director is what you do before you ever um, hit record or before talent even gets on set. It comes down to casting. It comes down to location. It comes down to the crew that you choose to work with. Those things are really what is going to make a project come together because when you get down to the 11th hour and it's starting to get, uh, you know, the stress starts to build or, you know, those people are going to be the ones who lift you up and allow you to, or we all sort of lift each other up and, and we can kind of persevere through, through a tough moment. But, but to be honest, there really weren't any really terribly tough moments in this shoot other than just literally the only enemy of this entire shoot was time. Just, just not having the time to, to do anything. It just had to act on instinct in a lot, a lot of different situations. But to, yeah, with these guys, they, um, they've, they, they're, you know, they have far more experience in this than I do. They, you know, so it's, I'm going to just let them be themselves and just stay out of the way, you know, just, just be there and make sure that I get everything that I need to get so that, because I'm also the editor. So when I'm sitting down and I'm editing this, I want to make sure that I have as much coverage to keep the edit interesting and keep it um, engaging for the fans that are going to be watching this. But I, uh, yeah, my, my number one thing was just to facilitate and building a world that they could meet in and just letting them do their thing and just try and be as hands off as I possibly could. And, Paul would he would give uh, some cool ideas like the the idea with the sunglasses at the beginning of the shoot where he's he had the sunglasses on and then there's a certain part of the song where he would take them off and he throw them uh, off the stage and we would just have a, a guy down there that would try and catch them so they wouldn't break <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was Paul's idea and the um, the only direction that I gave was more on a blocking issue so when you're dealing with blocking that means in film you're, you're sort of placing people in certain areas for the camera so that it, you can get the proper shot so it was uh just making sure that they stood in their places and they would come together at this one moment and then say their line and, and then go to it and then everything else is just them rocking out on stage and doing their thing and me making sure that i put the camera in the right place to be able to get the shot that we needed and um and yeah, that was what, was was, that was, was there it. was there any moment that you saw happen, but for whatever reason weren't able to capture it because you weren't ready, weren't in the right spot where you're just like, damn, I wish I could have been there for that one. Um, no, I mean I when it came down to filming, uh, they delivered every time. I mean, like. There really wasn't um, there really wasn't anything there that I could think of where I, I had like a regret or, or anything because what people see is what we shot. There wasn't a whole because just it wasn't time. I mean, there were to to, to do anything. They, we would film stuff on uh, well the way that the day wins. We started with Paul's vignette when he's in front of the Roxy R 
and he's singing, he's doing his coverage. And then we, uh, then he took a break. And while he was doing that, we were, well, as we were filming that shot, we had people setting up lights down the hallway as well. So we had two setups. And so we would shoot his coverage and then we would, he would take a break and we would move, um, uh, Ace over to the hallway and that he, we would film all of his stuff and all the soloing. And then they, the st- then we moved them over to the stage and we would film onto the stage and we would get all of the coverage of Paul and Ace. And then once that was done, we would move over to the, um, the individual members and we would film those guys out. And then that was, that was basically it. And I think we did one interview at the end where, uh, we, um, had everybody together. Well, had Paul and, and, and Ace together, and they were talking about the interview and everything like that. But that was that was it, really. It, it just um, it was it, it just kind of came down to just execute. You know, <laughs> there really was no playing with anything on the day or trying to find a moment or anything. It was just all right. We have this time and moment, and when the guys were on, they were on, and they just were, did were, amazing work. Were there? Um... Any blooper moments that you captured? Mm. Um, I can't really. No, I mean, I, I I can't really think of any uh, crazy blooper moments there. Uh, other than um, honestly, no, I, I I can't think of any. And honestly, I. I, I, I think if we had any bloopers, it would have just delayed things a little bit more. So right. I'm kind of glad that we didn't. Well, so, um, but yeah. footage, well, so how much footage did you shoot for the total video? Uh, I mean, like our, like, in the song itself is, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Like four, it's four minutes. Like four, four minutes, maybe. So I would say of everything, less than an hour. Okay. Yeah. Like, and usually when you're filming stuff, you'll get, hours of footage but not here uh it was it was very bare bones like we just had the the you know we we went through and we uh, filmed everything that we needed to and i mean it was definitely i think what i love the most about it was just seeing the two guys on on stage because i i will be 100 percent honest and i am i would not call myself like a monumental kiss fan i respect the band there are plenty of their songs that i love and i know all of the the classics that that kind of the the general public knows and things of that nature and and i and i absolutely respect their role and how they have ushered in and inspired and influenced an entire genre of, of music but um but it still is an amazing feeling when you can see these two guys up on stage for the first time in so long and you and myself and my crew, we kind of look at each other and you're like, do you see what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and well, maybe that's one of the reasons you got hired is because you weren't a, a big kiss fan, because again, it goes back to you saying earlier how you always address people, you know, basically with their surname and, and tell instructed. Otherwise they want a professional to show up and take care of business and get it done. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I definitely uh, was very thankful to have that opportunity because it was very. I mean, I'm maybe going on year ten now that I've been 
doing this professionally. And I mean, and so that makes that I'm in like year five or six when, when I got ended up, uh, getting this because, uh, I mean, a quick backstory, I may not to bore anybody, but I started doing uh, graphic design and photography for record labels for years. And, um, everybody probably remembers MySpace. I would do a lot of MySpace yeah. layouts and things of that nature. And I met a lot of people by doing that in, in the industry. And once I sort of made the switch over to, cause I always wanted to work in video and work in film, but never really um, had the opportunities, but with the advent of affordable, you know, DSLR, um, yeah. you know, that just sort of gave, opened up so many windows to explore. For no, for yeah, so many people, yeah. like the, it gave so many people who didn't have a voice in that world, a voice for once and, and, and the ability to be like, I can actually sort of dip my toes in the water, so to speak. And, and it sort of, allowed itself to be a springboard to uh, bigger things and and i just sort of ended up um with what i have here and yeah i i still don't believe it uh especially when it comes to the fire and water shoot because that was so random it was so out of the blue and i have to thank um my friend steve seabury over entertainment one because i mean it was him who reached out to me and needed a director and you know, maybe there was like a big list of way more accredited directors, but they were all busy that day, and I just got lucky. I don't know, but um, it, it Does, was, doesn't uh, matter. You ended up doing it, and you created a very <laughs> cool video. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great video. I really like it. Thank you, thank you. It's it, it's it's what I uh, wanted it to be, which was just something no frills very basic but very rock and roll and what better place to be able to do that than on the stage of the roxy and yeah. having these two guys um be able to uh share that moment and to literally capture it because it wasn't like they got together and rocked out on stage beforehand and then that was that like what what you were seeing, even though we were playing to the track they weren't actually, yeah. you know, everybody by now should know that with a music video, you're you're pantomiming to the track yeah. and then just so I can have something to sync up later. So it wasn't a true to form live video, but still that is their first time on stage in in almost two decades. And you can't deny that just how awesome that is to be able to, to see. And and so yeah, there's not a day, day that goes by where I don't show gratitude for, for having the opportunity to do that shoot. And it's it's definitely a very special video for me. So it was it was really fantastic. Were um, Ace and Paul reviewing footage as you were capturing it through that six hours they were there to see what it um, looked like, to give you some feedback? His crew, their crew was there, and they would watch it with us. But not really. I mean, they... Uh, they just kind of trusted us to do what we needed to do. And, um, uh, no, I don't think they went behind the camera and looked at it once. Honestly, I think they were just so focused on just, you know, meeting and being there and there really wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, from, from, from a, from a personal level, since you were there when they literally first met, did you sense that there was some true happiness connecting again that they were I, experiencing? I, I 
I would hope so. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, they, they were very respectful of each other and there wasn't, um, there wasn't really any tension. It was just sort of just like two friends just kind of be like, Oh, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, cool. Yeah. Just, you know, same old stuff, you know, this, that, whatever, just kind of like somebody, like if you saw a friend that you haven't seen in years and you just started kind of catching up, you know, it's not going to be this crazy, wild, dramatic moment. You know, you just sort of just bros just kind of hanging out. Being <laughs> That's really all, all it was. It, um, I hope that doesn't disappoint anybody. No, 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 no. I mean, I actually, oh. I actually find that quite interesting because to me that that's very genuine and real. It's like, it says something about their friendship, you know, moving on 50 years later here that, you right. know, it was it, it, it wasn't a shock to either of them. There wasn't one guy tiptoeing around the other guy. There wasn't one guy making demands because this guy was doing that and he wasn't. None of that was going on, which, no. you no, know, they, and, and, they... and the, these two guys are rightfully, you know, legends in their space. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they are highly influential people in, in the genre of music that they play. And, um, but they didn't act like it. And that's such a wonderful thing to see where at the end of the day, we're all human beings and (laughs) we all breathe the same air and bleed the same blood. So it's like, there's, there's only, so much that you can't really expect from these guys other than to just be human and to be uh, good to each other. And I didn't see any, excuse me. I didn't see anything that was truly like odd or off or it just, it just ended up being this uh, just cool, really relaxed moment. And it was honestly, I was, Oh God, I was, it was a relief (laughs) because I'm going into it with this wall of stuff that I'm trying to like network with everybody and make sure everything comes together and to make sure that this one moment doesn't get screwed up. And so for them to be happy with it and for them to go back to the label and say that, you know, everything went well and nobody was mad or irritated. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, uh, a great, uh, a great thing to behold, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you were like in in the back of your mind at some point. You're like, I just don't want this to be the nail in the coffin of this friendship, that it's oh, over yeah. because my 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 directing and my shoot here was a problem for them, and it's just like they went their separate ways and it was over. And Justin's the reason they're not <laughs> friends. You know? Oh, oh God, yeah, those those things totally would would go through my uh, my mind and. Um... It was, uh, yeah, that was, that was definitely there, but, but by the end of it, 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 it did, it turned out great and, um, took my whole crew out and we had a celebratory drink or five over at the uh, rainbow next door. And, uh, and it was, it was awesome. So, uh, I, I couldn't, um, couldn't have been uh, lucky to have such a great team of people on it. And, and just for Paul and Ace to be so uh, just so cool and laid back. And because I, I, to be honest, I've I've never really dealt with um, 
any larger artists or bands that have truly it was kind of the, the the not to get too much into it but it's always the smaller artists and the smaller bands are the ones who usually are the most difficult to work with sure. maybe because they feel like they have so much more writing on it or their fame or their music or whatever they need to prove something yeah those are those are the ones who are usually i've gotten the most um have experienced the most difficulty with but with guys like this where um i'm sure with you know for both of them, there was probably some um, anticipation, I, I, I could assume. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't jump into these guys' minds. But um, they they were great, and they were awesome to be with. And it just uh, made me feel so much better as well, just because it's just nice to know that you can have all of that crazy fame and stardom, but at the end of the day, you can understand that, you know, just being relaxed and being humble goes a really long way, and they both showed that. So, Justin, what do you remember about their last scene? The you know their departure when it was done and they were exiting and leaving. What do you remember about how they ended it? Uh it was. Um, I mean, to be honest, from from my standpoint, we did the interview, and they just kind of you know hugged and said bye and. I don't really remember any of the specifics just because we had a hard out with the Roxy. So, um, like budget was tight uh, because it was so last minute and I could not at all go over budget or I would literally be paying out of my own pocket because it was done. There was no money left after this. So we had to get the hell out of the Roxy <laughs> so fast. And so once it was done, my crew and I, we're feverishly just packing everything up and just trying to get out. And it it, it was just kind of a I, – I, like I said, I don't really remember too many of those specifics. But the um, um, but the, the, the one thing from all of it was just sort of – I don't know. It kind of gave me that vibe of like if you've been – if you've played in a band and you've – rocking out at your rehearsal space or your storage unit or your mom's basement or whatever and then you're, you're done playing and then you put your guitar in your case and get ready to leave out and you talk about some random thing and you just be like, all right well i'll just i'll talk to you later you know take it easy i'll see you whenever and, and then you're just gone that was sort of the vibe from it. it it was just this uh yeah just yeah they're definitely two guys who hadn't seen each other in a long time but from what I saw, it was just, you know, pretty, just being like, oh, hey, cool, that, that was fun, I'll see you later. <laughs> so, that, that was it. And and after the filming was done, you said you did all the editing, um, and Paul had a few, few things that he mentioned to you, but for the most part, everybody was hands-off when it came to the editing as well? Yeah, uh ace was super easygoing when it came to the edit uh i don't really think there was much at all that he had to say about it i mean because also i had to turn the edit around in in less than um then i think it was like less than a week so as soon as i got home i started editing this thing and in just a couple of days had it put together and sent it off to the label and and then that was that was that. Oh, and one thing that's kind of funny is the um, the opening scene with 
Paul and Ace coming together and saying hello, that was totally just thought up on the spot. We didn't even think to do that at all. But I just kind of had the idea. I was like, how cool would it be if we could just have these guys start the video off walking up to each other, have like a little, you know, lead up. And so and we didn't even have professional sound equipment for that. All we had was a buddy of mine had a, a Zoom recorder and we had a couple of lobs that we just sort of had in a backpack, just just random videographer equipment. It wasn't anything terribly pro. And I remember we mic'd them both up and stuck everything in there and just had them do the lines. And I mean, my gaffer, Matt Moore, was monitoring the audio because we didn't have a sound guy we didn't even you know i thought that was funny but um and that's a great little a little beginning to it yeah said it it, it really uh kind of set the mood and um and you know and like paul's point and and all of their everything i like like i said i i told them point blank that i just i just didn't want to get in the way and so wanted them to be themselves. And so what you see there was, you know, their own ad lib, their own character, you know, everything that makes them the the greats that they are. And they, they just did awesome. So I was just thankful to be behind the camera to see it all happen. I mean, it, that, that, that's what it comes down to. Cause at the end of the day, you, you captured and filmed a cool moment in history. Oh yeah, I mean, that, that that's what it was, and it didn't turn into a disaster. It turned out really cool. It was a cool little performance, and you know, I I think Kiss fans, Ace fans, loved it. I mean, the song is great, the vocals were great, the guitar playing was great, and you put a great video on top of it. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was kind of one of the things where. The song is just a, a, a just a banger. It's just a real fun rock and roll song. There, there and, and there are no frills to it. it. It is a rock and roll song. There's no crazy synth or any wild, outlandish production. I mean, not to say that kind of stuff is bad, but for something like this, and being you know, it's a cover song. So the the band that originally did the song is the band Free, and. So you sort of had these multiple, you know, layers of people wanting to do justice to something. So uh, Ace and Paul are wanting to, you know, pay a tribute to that original cover song and do it in you know, a, a way that they feel fit. And then there's myself and my crew trying to film this in a way that doesn't seem pretentious or contrived or fake. Um, so uh, we just wanted to give something that really encapsulated the moment because when they are on stage, I mean, they, that is their first time on stage being, being together. Like what you see in that video is their first time on stage. That's awesome. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's a cool little moment in history is what it comes down to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be part of it and make something cool out of it. Without a doubt. I'm just thankful that I was able to, to be there and to see it and it's um it's definitely surreal and i um i mean somebody like me who you know i I don't i don't come from a giant like metropolitan city i'm not from new york or la i mean you probably 
picked up on my southern accent by now. So um, yeah. it's uh, you know that's just I'm just thankful to to have that opportunity to be able to do it. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's been pretty pretty amazing. Absolutely, awesome story, Justin. Awesome story. Yes. Um, thank do you, you. Do you oh, have thank you guys. Do you have a website for you? Do you have something you want to direct fans to to get more information on you and your work? Sure. Um, uh, if you want to see a lot of my music video work, you just go to my name. So it's Justin Reich, R-E-I-C-H dot com. And if you click on the music video button, like I, I do some narrative work, some short films and things like that. But uh, the the bulk of the content that you're going to see on there is going to be uh, music videos. So you'll see all of the work that I've done with Zach Wilde, all of the, um, yeah, just all the music videos that I've done over the years. I've quite a few in there and it's, um, I, I sometimes kind of enjoy <laughs> going in there and sort of looking at all of the, the different things that, that I've been able to do. And that, that is one great thing about this profession is you, you get to meet so many awesome people and so many, I mean, just like opportunities like this uh, to, to be able to meet you guys and talk with you and share the story is, is awesome. And uh, I never get tired of it. So, um, so I, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. Oh, I really it, it, it. It's a no, we, I mean, we really appreciate you taking time. I mean, you oh, know, at, at the sure. end of the, at the end of the day, we kind of just want to document everything we can in history. The For littlest sure. yeah. things and the biggest things, because at the end of the day, you put it all together, and here's the story of everybody who's ever been in Kiss and worked in Kiss and round Kiss, and um, you know, it. Absolutely, yeah, and it's, and yeah, and, I, and like like I said, this whole moment, it wasn't anything crazy. There wasn't any kind of wild story or anything mega with that, but I, I think that's made it awesome because uh it it shows that these people are human and that they um they just want to get together and rock out yep. and that's what happened and that was awesome you know there was no drama just rock and roll that's awesome it's awesome Very cool justin thank you so much thank for you. sitting down Absolutely. with us and sharing the story filling in the filling in the story behind all the pictures that jay gilbert provided us with yes. four years ago which he's oh yeah Jay's, absolutely yeah, an amazing photographer yeah i was um i didn't really get much of a chance to even talk with him because that that entire day just went by so fast um but it was great to it was great to see those photos after the fact and to have such a, a amazingly accomplished photographer there to to capture all of that and uh so uh so that's great i'm, I'm glad that you can put some words to the uh yep. to the pictures because so. like i like i said at the beginning he could share the story of watching it happen but you're sharing the story of how it happened right, right. yeah so uh, i'm glad to be able to do it great appreciate cool. it so much thank you absolutely thank you guys and uh please uh stay safe and be well out there that was cool i you know i was just happy to be able to sit down with Justin and and record and document his memories and stories of the event, especially since we had Jay on four years ago sharing what he saw happen. So it's sort of like right. we're just filling in the pieces. And, and frankly, and I don't want to give it away, but next week our guest is somebody else related to this 
who's going to fill in more stories about this. So, right. it, it, you know, that that's kind of what I've always saw three sides of doing is just like, we're just recording people's stories and memories. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's interesting too, that, you know, he doesn't have, he didn't go to film school and it's something he's always wanted to do. And now he's involved and he's did this video and he shot most of Zach Wilds, if not all of his, and he's doing other things. And it's like, there's another point right there. You guys, you, no matter what it is that you want to do in life, you can achieve that if you want to. So I, to me, that was a big piece of the story. You know, my, my, my biggest takeaway was just, I guess how, I don't want to say simple, but how just normal Ace and Paul were based on what Justin said. There was didn't seem like there were big egos. There wasn't big rock star attitudes. It was, you know, they were just very easy going, easy to work with, got along fine, not, not taking charge of the event. I mean, as he said, you know, you deal with some of the younger bands and they feel like that's what they've got to do. You got two people of, Ace and Paul's legendary status, you'd be more likely to believe they would come in and lay down yeah. the law, but they were super easy to work with. Right. Yeah. I'd say that was really cool to hear that as well. Um, so for today's homework, um, should we stick to calling him Bob? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like Bob. You, you, you feel like a Bob. Well, you know, it's funny you say when I when I one of one of my favorite jobs I had right out of high school, I uh, I worked at a at a it was like a place that had mini golf and trampolines and all this stuff. We had an older guy, kind of a carny type, but he was pretty. He's a really good guy. We liked him, but he called everyone Bob. So finally, like after the first fucking couple of weeks, my buddy and I start. We're like. Why do you call everybody Bob? And he's like, I call everybody Bob because then I then I never have to worry remember anybody's name. Perfect. Like, fucking made perfect sense. I'm yeah. telling you, he called and I, when I say everybody, guys, girls, okay, Bob, sure, Bob, right, Bob, and it always stuck with me. I don't know why, just because it was funny. And this guy was as genuine as genuine can be. I just nice guy. But that was it. I mean, I, if I, I saw him today, he'd say, hey, Bob. I think I think the determining factor, if Bob sticks with you, is do you have a Grammy? <laughs> <laughs> That's just the gift that keeps giving. It is. It is. You know? It is. It is. No, you know, real homework. So um, what do you think of the video? You know, when, when you first saw it, what do you think of the stories that Justin was sharing? I just found it fascinating. You know, yeah, we didn't end up having some crazy dirt dished, an amazing unheard of story here. But, you know, it it for me at least, now when I watch the video again, I will see it in a slightly different manner because now I've heard from Justin who directed it and right. shared what it was right. like with these guys. So it's not just watching a video. Now it's like kind of know what was going on there that day. Yeah, also, too, I, obviously, you guys just watched the, 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 the interview. You know, he was one of those guests you could just let talk. Also, too, let's face it, I, I, I'm i here for the geeky stuff. It, Mark has no idea what a camera is. 
Yeah, all that, all that grip. St- all uh, that's the stuff I'm walking out of the room when the fucking credits are rolling. Martin, I, I don't. Well, you know, this, this what, was geared towards Tommy because he knows what that stuff is. I don't know anything, and it was also tough for me because, admittedly, and this isn't a bad thing, but he's he's like you know he's a casual Kiss fan, so I really couldn't get geeky like asking him, I guess, geeky Kiss questions. So. So right. before I get any before hold on before we get any like gee Mark you did look it's not that I was disinterested I had nothing to add I mean I thought it was an excellent interview I thought our guest did a great job but you guys look if you're if you're still tuning in here you know I, I the geeky stuff this, is what this isn't I'm, this isn't I'm Mark's into. world I mean Tommy let's be honest when they were talking key grip and DP we knew what Mark was thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're gonna get Mark to start asking questions, we'd have to get like a KFC fry cook here. (laughs) Hey, actually, maybe now there's a legit reason for us to get like the the head of catering for Kisses Tour to come on. He can talk food. Well, you know what? I, I had that, those scallops the, in St. Louis, and they were oh. the, the shows that I'm at. I'd like to get some KFC catered in. I guess I don't know ahead of time. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Although let's face it, every time we've been in the Chow Line, the food's been great. Tommy, they, they, I, let me tell you, they they do not skimp. Oh, so, phenomenal! It's kind of like a buffet, isn't it, Mark? It is actually. A yeah, it is actually. Yeah. I've always, I, you know, I've always I've, joked with people, it's like, you know, because sometimes when, when I've gone backstage, not just for Kiss for Other Bands, manage, management's going to be like, uh, do you want a meal ticket as well? I'm like, damn straight, I want a meal ticket. Well, and there's always a gal typically sitting outside clicking the little button, you yep, know, yep. as people come through. So I come walking through with Mark, she's like, nah. <laughs> that lady the lady in was that was that that was minneapolis or st paul she was yeah. really nice oh yeah remember the first time we walked in like you guys eat more no 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 and then later on we did and then she did yeah. click us but she didn't click us in the first time no <laughs> click us in <laughs> We're not being clicked in. So Look at how in. much more alive Mark is now that we're talking food. Food, exactly. <laughs> like I said, this exactly. It's again, it, it, I, it's hard to be animated when I'm, I'm, I'm just listening like you guys are at home. I don't think right. anybody at home's going woo, you know, listening to the fucking show. Well, if nobody at home is going woo, catering woo. <laughs> yeah. Colonel Sanders woo. <laughs> I'm serious, people. Everybody listening, if somebody's got an in with whoever does catering for Kiss, reach out to one of the three of us. We will make a yes. show about food and Kiss, and Mark yes. will be there. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, speaking uh, of which, um, it, it, it is 7.02 here. There, in, we, in there we go. Mark's ending the show because he's hungry. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's yeah, what we I, did. No, hold I on. This is, all right. So you guys finish. Okay? All right. Later, Tommy. All right, see ya. Yep. So what we did for Mother's Day, yeah, for Mother's Day, is we we had like one of the fancy schmancy local restaurants. We catered, and we did this for Easter Sunday too. What we did is we bought more than we would need, and then we ate for like the next two days. Oh, I loved doing and that. We did. I know it was awesome. So what we did this time is Liz bought this whole. Well, I mean, I paid for it, but I mean, we Liz ordered this. 
huge, and they got like they have like the most incredible fucking lasagna, uncooked. So we bought a big tin of that. So we're going to be eating lasagna for the, like the next three days. So, I'm, and I, I love I, whenever, especially Chinese food. Whenever we get Chinese takeout, I always like get an extra order of something else. I don't even touch it that first night because that's my <laughs> leftovers for the next day. Yep, yep. That's kind of what we did. So I just told, as soon as I found out we were wrapping up, um, I told Liz. I said, uh, you know, throw the lasagna in. So <laughs> I got about twenty minutes. There's, you know what? And, and and honestly, and and maybe maybe you as 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 the food connoisseur and Italian you are, won't agree with this, but I think lasagna is always better as a leftover. I, as, as Liz will tell, all kidding aside, I judge all Italian restaurants by their lasagna. I don't care if I'm in New York City or in Miami or in Louisiana, wherever I'm at. If we go to an Italian restaurant, Liz knows. I instinctively order lasagna. And then I can tell if we'll ever go back there again. That's only that's only not been true once because the lasagna was horrible. It was all fucking cheese. But every other, everything else I've ever gotten at this one restaurant in, in Miami, I've, I've liked. But it's unusual for an Italian restaurant to have a bad lasagna and the rest of the food be be good. Now, keep in mind, you know what? Just growing up, we had spaghetti like with every meal. My we we I didn't know what jarred sauce tastes like because we had fresh sauce my entire life. My my grandmother had fields of you know tomatoes and stuff, and we always had canned everything, so it was fun. I, I didn't again. I didn't. We didn't eat shit. <laughs> you didn't eat Seven Eleven. No, I mean it was always fresh everything, and and you know I was pretty pretty fortunate that way growing up. My again, my my we had fresh pasta and and homemade sauce all the time, and so I'm very particular. And on, you know what? And there's not absolutely nothing wrong with really great fresh lasagna, but something for me, if it if it's just got 24 hours of getting a little. S- solidified a little more i don't know what it is no i get it I get you know it. it 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 i don't know i just really like it i mean to some extent that's even why you know pizza the next day is freaking amazing because it's had a chance to settle i guess <laughs> i see I, I, I put it this way if 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 you put anything left over in the microwave, turn off the camera because you shouldn't even be wide. Microwaves are horrible. Everything that I eat that I have to reheat, I put in the oven. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, don't, I do not know how people can put pizza in a fucking microwave the next it, day. It I mean, just that, comes, it comes out wet and limp. I just don't understand the whole concept. I mean, just I, I everything I reheat, I put in the oven. Toaster ovens are great, but now... You know, it was funny. A couple of years ago, we put all new appliances. We totally redid the kitchen a couple of years ago, and we used to have this toaster oven that I loved. It was like so convenient. And Liz is like, "I don't want to take any storage space now up." And we have a big kitchen, but she just didn't want to look at the fucking toaster oven. But so now I have to put everything in the oven oven, which drives me up the fucking wall. But happy wife, happy life. Happy so, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we don't have a toaster oven, and I fucking love toaster ovens. So, yeah, it is what it is. Well, but anyway, what it is. You um, still eat well, as we can see. Oh uh, yeah, a little too well is what uh, lately. Uh, um, all right. So um, before we wrap up this week, 
just another reminder left for dead yeah it's been uh, been been getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, emails and and stuff so guys on, on the on the you know go to left for dead detroit on facebook and all the information's there you'll find the been links getting to pre-order some... and yeah. and you know we're starting to get some press brave words uh picked it up metal devastation radio picked it up um and uh I won't completely spill the beans for everybody, but we'll probably be able to talk about it next week for sure. We've got an exclusive premiere arranged for mm-hmm. the first Left for Dead video off this album. Yeah, pretty excited. We shot this thing Christmas time. Now, as I said, uh, I don't remember where we talked about this. I know because we did some interviews, interview stuff for just the press stuff and, and, uh, but we originally planned on putting this out on vinyl, but you know, with the, with the COVID, you know, all the plants are closed, and so you know, now we're doing it this way. So I will tell you, thank you so much. I'm getting a ton, a ton of fucking really nice, you know, comments and stuff by the by the samples people have heard and people who've pre-ordered you, you, it. You can definitely go listen to samples on on Apple iTunes right now, and uh, the album comes out May 29th. So at that point in time, you can purchase the whole album digitally. Um, it'll be on all the streaming services. And uh, you will be able to order a print-on-demand CD from Amazon. If you yeah, really you know, need a physical copy, that's where you can get it. You know, one of the, 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 the funniest things is I've had people say... <clears throat> Or people have asked me, matter of fact, today I had a half dozen of these. Um, I, you know, th- there's another band called Left for Dead. I'm like, there's probably half a dozen, maybe more. I, keep in mind, we've been together since 2002. So at this point, you know, 18 years later, I, I fuck the copyright, all that. You know what? We deal with, deal a, with it when it happens. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, if if you want to find out who we are, we don't sound like the other bands. You know, we're just a hard rock, you know, old school metal band. Because the, there is one Left for Dead that I guess they had. I don't know some sort of they're like a punk band. I, I was going to say I think it's gonna... a punk band. I don't know if they're still yeah. active. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, e- even if you go on um, Spotify right now or iTunes and just search for Left for Dead, you'll find a couple other things. You just got to make sure you find the right left for dead. Yeah. And again, you know, uh, and, and that's that's the part that, you know, I've been kind of laughing about because I feel like, oh, my God, that's not you. Or is that before that you were in the band? And I'm like, no, I I founded this band, you know, back in uh, 2002. So, no, but it, that also, too, this is actually our sixth release. And I've been getting a lot of. You know, here's something that's very flattering. I've been getting a lot of positive um, feedback regarding the samples and some of the people who bought it already or bought the, you know, because you get two songs if you buy it now. By the way, if you pre-order it now, you get two songs now. Right. And then you get, you know, when it comes out on the 29th, which is happened to be my... Yeah, you get the rest of it. Also happens to be my birthday on the 29th, so I'm pretty excited about that. that. That just happened incidentally. That didn't, you know, it wasn't a planned on thing. So anyways... Um, you know, uh, if if this does 
does does pretty well and so far it looks like it's gonna and is um yeah we've got a, a bunch of other music too so i'm gonna you know if if this does well enough i'm gonna the, throw that the, the left for dead vault <laughs> you've learned from the best when it comes to this stuff yeah. right well people were people were asking me they're like I, you know because some people have you know and again you know this isn't something i talked about a lot I, I three sides of the coin to me you know me talking about my kiss geekiness that's how come if you look back over the last five years or so i never pushed my band down people's throats and stuff that's how come you know this is kind of special you know we're putting it on a big, you know, iTunes and all. So I figured, you know what, what the hell, I'll, I'll, I'll push this. And I get a lot of people that ask about it. So, you know, um, I'm just sharing my my passion with music, you know, with you guys. I've been a songwriter my whole life. It's something that I'm, you know, I, I love doing. And, and, and think about it this way, because one of the, the funny things that people ask someone like myself is, you know, I, I'd never heard your music and I'm listening to them like it's it's really good and it's all this. And, and I'm like, you know, think about it. There's local bands. If you were to go through my CDs, you know how many local band CDs, you know, from Detroit that I have? Tons. Mm-hmm. Guys, just because bands didn't get picked up doesn't mean they weren't great. And I'll give you a great example. If you guys saw the decline of the Western civilization, one of the Detroit bands, Seduce. Seduce. They didn't get huge or anything, but they, to me, they should have been. I have all their demos and all that stuff. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Man, matter of fact, Left for Dead, we've opened for Seduce a few times because they still do reunion shows. And we haven't done that. Last time we opened for them was probably like 2008 or whatever, but they don't play very often. But, you know, um, but my band growing up, we, fuck, we played with Seduce all the fucking time. So my, my point is this. I'm sure whether it's New York City or Boston or wherever, you know, check support your local bands. You know, there's tons of great music out there just because they don't play it on the radio. Go go look for it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that fueled my passions. You know, bands like Seduce. And there was a band here in Detroit throughout the 80s called the Almighty Strut that I was crazy about. I used to follow them around all the time. Matter of fact, Charlie Hoon. Who, sing, who sang with Ted Nugent, was briefly the lead singer of, of the strut. And I love them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, this is this is a long, you know, I, I, again, you know, this band's been together for almost 20 years. Um, I, I, I think you're going to be really happy if you like, put it this way, if you like ACDC and Kiss. If you and, like all the bands Mark's been talking about for years and years and years here, you're going to love Left for Dead. Yeah, it's 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 an extension of of that, and and again, we used uh, uh, matter of fact uh, the the Detroit Music Awards, and I know all the cities have theirs, but the studio that we recorded at was named best studio in the city. I mean, this is where Motown and you know all this stuff has been recorded. It's a fantastic place. So when you buy a Left for, for Dead product, you're going to get something that sounds like you could, you know, that's any, it, as good as this any you're It doesn't video. sound like Mark's setup in the basement. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it does not. Uh, you know, um, that's, 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 what I, that's what I mean. You know, this is, this is something I care a whole lot about. It's something I'm very passionate about. So, And you've seen how passionate I am about being a KISS fan and collecting. I put that same amount of care into writing songs and making sure we use the best studios and that, 
you know, um, the, the musicians and, you know, that, that I play with are, are, are fantastic. And, you know, my band members, uh, Mike and Keith are two of the best people you'd ever want to meet in your life. They're, you know, super talented and, and, uh, we have a lot of fun. And, and, and again, thank you to everybody who's gotten a hold of me, um, you know, regarding it. And I, I really hope to share all that stuff with you guys too. I hope, hopefully you dig it. And when you do hear it, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, shoot me a line or something. I, I love talking about it. It's fun. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So left for dead Detroit, find them on Facebook. We'll have uh, more information next week as well. pertaining to the video. Um, just a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button on Spotify, hit the follow button, iTunes, subscribe, leave a review and a rating. It all means a lot to us. And uh, that's it. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here till next week. the show go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of three sides of the coin thanks download your free free copy of the kiss school of marketing 11 lessons i learned working with kiss the number one downloaded business book on noise trade go to books.noisetrade.com slash michael brandvold you're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.